the project. Kuwait. Learn. Okay, guys, today we had a superstar, local superstar, Jamie from Kuwait Mum's Guide. Awesome. And awesome superstar, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Marty's a big fan. And her, her celebrity trainer as well, John P. Fitness of oh, Stop Crying Fitness. Great guy. Great information. You gotta love what he was saying during the show. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so for any of you guys who don't know him, he has his own studio. And he obviously is a studio owner of uh, Stop Crying Fitness, which is a bit of an aggressive name. But actually, <laughs> once you meet him and once you hear him speak, actually, you, know, you understand he's he's not going to be in your face. And actually, he's actually just a very good motivator. He's very a good great coach. motivator. And I think Kuwait Mums Guide's a great motivator for everyone out there that's looking to get back into health, wellness, and fitness, especially from a family perspective. I mean, she talked about working out with her children. And I think a lot of people need to take that up when they're going out and working out yeah so this uh, episode was a little bit of a double-edged sword in that we had obviously a trainer and her coach so it's really really interesting to see the relationship that they have between each other the kind of the work that they've been doing together and and how he motivates people but then also how that motivation is received yeah and how she motivates her kids by that because at the end of the day our children are a product of us and they're gonna what they see mom and dad do they're gonna go out and do themselves so i just think all around it was a great episode for parents and a great episode for people that are just looking to get back into fitness and just get fitter you know from the training perspective and from the average person perspective too exactly guys. so enjoy it guys and let us know your thoughts dm us if you have any questions all this and more in today's episode hey everybody welcome to the project and today we are joined by Kuwait mom's guide and john p stop crying fitness right yes yes, yes. so i am like totally stoked we have Kuwait mom's guide <laughs> on the podcast this is awesome you know, being being a dad and, you know, kind of just seeing your Instagram a couple of years ago after having DJ, it changed the way I parent. And it's I've adapted over the years. Like, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing all this with our community, because I think it's such a benefit, especially in Kuwait. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. And I'd love to find out how Kuwait Mom's Guide actually got started. Thanks for having me. I had two children here and when they were still young, I was kind of like, you know, starting to look around for things to do because I don't have any family here. So my husband and I had discussed doing some sort of like publication for more information in Kuwait. It's really hard, especially if you don't speak Arabic very well to know back, you know, back in like 2004, 2005 to find things. So we started the guide with that sort of idea in mind that we were going to provide information to everybody on parks and playgrounds and things to do for kids and families and that kind of stuff. And then it sort of transformed into a lot more than that unexpectedly. Luckily for us. Yeah. Luckily for everyone in the society. You know, it transferred into some, something amazing. What about uh, John? How would you start with Stop Crying? I mean, how, where'd the name come from? <laughs> oh, man. I'd love to know that, dude. Um, the name came organically. That's the number one question. Wait, like, where did the name come from? I mean, I get people that come into the studio. Where I'm training people one-on-one. And five minutes into the session, oh, John, my, my legs, oh, John, it hurts. My stomach. I'm like, yo, listen, stop. all right, enough, stop crying. Like, enough, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to yeah, hear we, it. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> you know what you signed up for. You know, what you, you know what you were doing when you got here. Like, just stop. Stop crying. And then I was like, yo, that's a good name. Let me use that. And then it just organic. It just, it just flowed into the brand name. And we just started throwing it on shirts and throwing it on sweaters and putting it on walls. And we took the little emoji face, the little yellow emoji face, made him black like me, put dreads on him. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that works. Stop crying studios. Yeah, let's do it. And that's where the name came from. 
Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty simple, man. Just, yeah, it, I wish it was rocket science. I wish I had a more elaborate definition of it, but nah. no. But, but dude, it came organically. I mean, that's the best. That's the best way it happens. I was literally thinking it'd be like, yeah, when you have your clients coming in, it's just something they sh- you're shouting at them. You know, and then yeah. you know it, and then everyone's going away, going, oh, "Don't go back to that. Stop crying, studio man." But he doesn't like, do that. He doesn't do that in real life. Uh, is he like, softy, no, really? He's so is nice. Softy, really? He's okay. really, really. It depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> As trainers, as like, he's like, you're ruining my brand, yeah, man. Come on, come on, please. <laughs> come on, I got a tough guy here. I mean, he makes you work. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah but, but, but Liam, you know, you can't approach every client like military boot camp because not every client is emotionally, mentally prepared for that. Yeah, of course. Some people, yeah. you just got to, you know, you got to be support. You got to be their, you know, their, their foundation because this is, sometimes fitness is brand new to them. Sometimes they've had bad experiences and you don't want to be you don't want to remind them of that bad experience of a performer trainer that pushed them too hard or injured them. If they're brand new, already it's intimidating. Already, as trainers, we're in, you know, we're, obviously we're all, most of us are nice guys, most of us. But then looking at us, you know, most of us are pretty intimidating. You know, we're either tall, we're either broad-shouldered, you know, we're muscular. Like, people are somewhat intimidated when they don't know us. So depending on, and a good trainer, you know, going into the session, you know immediately whether or not, like, should I approach this person aggressively? Should I approach this person passively? So, if it's someone that comes with some fitness background, oh, yeah, you definitely get in the stop crying treatment. But if it's someone who's just coming in fresh, we're going to take it nice and slow. We're going to work through it and hold your hand through this. And then when you're ready, all right, now, I know, no more nice guy. Like, we're yeah. throwing that out the window. Now you're going to stop crying. Yeah. So, I mean, Jamie, it's the same approach with kids, though. I mean, yeah. I see you have your kids that, that they're, they're very active. They go to the gym. You know, they're in gymnastics. Yeah. Um, you, we see a lot of that. So how's your approach with that? Is it a similar approach to John's where, you know, it's kind of like, let's weigh it out, see how it goes or... Well, I feel like there's a very positive vibe off of him. That's why I take my kids to him, actually. It's because, like, when we went the first couple of times, I was, like, crying when I got home. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is that, like, you do work it. But there is a positiveness to it that's like, okay, you're doing something good for yourself. You know, you're not here to impress anybody. You're not here to kill yourself. You're here to push yourself as much as you can for your own benefit. And I take my kids to him and they love it, literally. Like every Saturday we go as a family and we do, and they enjoy it. For me personally, I feel like I encourage them to do whatever it is that's healthy and beneficial for them. And I push them, you know, where I can. I'm not typically like, you know, like once they read a certain certain level, like, oh, you've got to do this. No, you've got to do this. But I will try to encourage and push them. Yeah. Have you seen a big difference in how they are in school when you up their activity level, whether it's taking them to parks or getting them involved in gymnastics. Have you seen like a, uh, a significant jump? Like I've seen it with DJ. Mm. When DJ's active throughout mm-hmm. the day, if I need him to get down and sit, sit down and do a task, mm-hmm. he's more likely to do it mm. after bouncing off the walls at a gym or, you know, running around all day. So how is it with older kids? I mean, I'm just curious, yeah. you know, for the parents out there. I'd say absolutely 100%. Everybody needs physical activity, but kids definitely need it. There's even programs now in the States where they've organized like preschool workouts for kids. So kids come to school at like, let's say 7 a.m. or 7.15, and they do a 30-minute workout at the school prior to Mm. the start of class. And Mm. they've actually shown through, you know, research and studies that this has a positive impact on improvement in grades, concentration, focus, etc. So it's like another thing. It's like, you know, like a lot of times schools will take away recess from kids who are misbehaving Mm. in class. And this is actually the absolute worst thing you can do Mm. because kids need to express that physical energy. They need to get out and move so that they can sit and concentrate. 
It's it's like with the whole the whole up influx we saw with ADHD and attention deficit. It's like if you're sitting kids down and they're not moving, they're mm-hmm. gonna have this hyped up energy. Yeah, of course. Where are they gonna if they're not gonna you know, it's not going anywhere. So yeah. obviously they're not gonna pay attention. So I mean like that's uh, you know, I I have to say like parents really they need to kind of follow suit. And it, you see it in Kuwait now. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of kids, parents taking their kids yeah, to gyms yeah. and mm-hmm. we're getting better playgrounds. Yes. <laughs> yes. And to the parks. I mean, even if you're going for a walk like look, when I first started doing like going around to the parks, pretty much every neighborhood in Kuwait has a park. Some of them are in better conditions mm-hmm. than others. But from like let's say, you know, late October to to March, April, you can go out and walk in the park with Mm. your kids, even up until like, you know, midday and it's fine. And there's just the benefit of them being out in the sunshine and the fresh air and walking and running. And if you take a kid to a park, for sure, they're going to run around. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they can't help themselves. Like that's what they're going to do. So true. So John, what's your training modality? I mean, what's the type of training that you use in your gym Mm -hmm. with the adults, so to speak? Because I've seen you have a different range of adults, some young, some older. So what type of modalities do you use? That's a good question. See, my clientele, like you said, it just, it ranges, you know, especially for, for adults. You know, I have some adults that, that that when they come to me, they already have a gym membership or they've already had, I'm already maybe their fifth, sixth, seventh trainer that they've had in their lifestyle. So they know what they want. They come to me and I don't want to say these are the easiest type of clients to train, but these are the most direct type of clients to train, you know, the type of people to train is they come, they know what they want. They say, listen, I want strength training three times a week. Um, I need to deadlift on these days. I need to blah, blah, blah on these days. I need to upper body on these days. Okay, so your modality is strength training. But then there's people who have absolutely no idea what they're doing. So then obviously, it's, it can't be a cookie like cutter. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that one. But that's me. Uh, that's, and that's okay. And that's okay. You are, no, no, you are, this population is the majority. Mm. Who, who go in and say, listen, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, but I just want to come in for an hour. And can you help me? Yeah. So this this population, you know, with this modality, the most important thing is I think that sh- as a trainer, you have to distract the client. Yeah. I don't let them think about sets. Don't let them think about reps. So obviously in our mind as a, f- a physio or a rehab trainer or a, a fitness activity trainer or, or weight loss trainer, we're thinking, okay, I need to keep this person's heart rate above this. I need to keep, I have this person doing interval training. In my mind, I'm saying this, I'm not going to express these, you know, this, this sophisticated exercise language to a client who, who just wants to come in and sweat for an hour and and see a result. So it's not cookie cutter, but in my mind, depending on the client, I will we'll either go from high intensity interval training to strength training to some of them need some type of rehab assessment. So it all depends. It all depends on the person. So Jamie, how's your, how's your journey going so far? I mean, it's, it, how's how's it go with John? Well, hopefully, <laughs> be honest. Uh, no, I mean, I'm calling him out right now. <laughs> my husband started with him in September, right? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. I mean, October. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no. You're right. September, September. September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went. He went a couple of months, and then he's like, you know, I have been running for years on and off, like sort of walk running, the Galloway method yeah. type of thing, where I'm really just kind of like slow jogging, but I call it running, so it counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hurt myself uh, about a year and a half ago on my hips. I couldn't do that anymore, so I just was doing walking. And I was getting bored with it, and I hated it. So he's like, let's try, come try this guy. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, because sorry, but the the stereotype of a gym and a weightlifting guy. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, it's No, it's very, understandable. No, it's, it's understandable. My, my wife went through the same exact mm-hmm. thing. Yes. I was just like, look, 
come try the trainer out. Mm-hmm. Just give him a chance. Give it took about it took about four or five months to convince Haya. And he sees Haya at the gym mm-hmm. right now and she she loves the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's like don't get between me and my gym schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. how that's how it turns out. Yeah. But at first you're intimidated and also you're like, I can't really do that kind of stuff. You know, I'm plus size, so I know it's gonna be challenging for me. Is he going to adjust to suit my body type? And I literally I think I couldn't even lift like two pounds, two, two kilos. Kilo. Yeah dumbbells or mm-hmm. whatever they're called. So then we went. I came home. I literally the next day could not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could not sit down. I couldn't stand up. I was crying. L- literally. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, just wait. Just give it another shot. Keep trying. Don't. It'll take a few times and then you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And now like, yeah, it's still hard. Jenny moves. <laughs> it's moves. hard. But alhamdulillah, I feel stronger. I feel like I'm gaining some strength. Mm-hmm. And the girls, like I like to take the girls because they see me doing it. They yeah. see mm-hmm. I'm not fit. I'm not, you know, slim, but I still get there and I work my butt mm-hmm. off. And and they see that. So, you know, it's like, look, their mom is overcoming a challenge mm-hmm. and, and I'm modeling for them mm-hmm. and I'm doing something good for me. My husband is in better shape for sure, 100%. And, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not trying to lose weight or just be cute. I'm trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to instill in them as well. So it, it's good. It's a process, Yanni. So, so with, with, I mean, we didn't have social media growing up. And with the rise of so- social media, and your kids are, I'm guessing, 8 to 11, 12? Or? Sapphire's 10 and Sable is 7. Mashallah. Mm-hmm. So they're growing up in an era of social media. Mm-hmm. They're growing up mm-hmm. in an era of everything's on TV, everything's out there. As a parent, what do you do to keep that mindset of health rather mm-hmm. than the image mindset that you see a lot of on social media that's really driving kids towards eating disorders? Towards, right. I mean, I saw, well, I didn't see it. I heard it from a family member's child where they're like, oh, I'm on a diet. And they're like six years old. And it's a little girl. And she's like, I'm on a diet, you know. And you hear that and it's like, what are you hearing at home? Mm. You know, you see these people that are instilling a bad behavior towards food and towards Mm. exercise and towards dieting. And it's just, how do you, how do you shield that as a parent? Mm. You know, I mean, I'm trying to learn from you here. I'm sure there are a lot of new parents such as myself that would want to learn some of your tactics and, you know, like what you've seen. I mean, first of all, I don't ever use the word diet. Mm, I don't ever talk about losing weight. I don't ever discuss my looks. Mm. You know, I talk Mm -hmm. about health. I talk about eating better. And we still like, to be honest with you, I love him. (laughs) I'm a huge fan. He he was was five guys (laughs) man of the month. Yeah, yeah. I like elevation. I go there. I'm like, I admit it openly. I don't care who, you know, and ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Oh my God. I hear like, the trainer sitting right next to you. <laughs> John's like, stop it. <laughs> He's like, no, Gary. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so I eat. I, I, it's not that I don't eat, but I also like, you know, I make conscious effort to talk to them about, you know, ch- make healthy choices as often as you can. Eat when you, when you sit down to eat, make a healthy choice. Make food, plan in advance, you know. And we don't do social media. The children don't have any access to any social media at all. Mm. I told Sapphire, maybe when she's 16, we'll discuss it. Mm. You know, That's <laughs> like, the way to be, though. Like, she has a phone, but no apps. Mm. You know, she's yeah. not allowed to have apps or games or anything like that. She did Musical.ly for a little while until I found out 
all the stuff that's on Musical.ly and I completely deleted all of that. Okay. Fortnite, none of that stuff she's not allowed. Yeah. We don't have a television. They have an iPad, and but there's no games on it. Mm, okay. So I just, like, they'll eventually have access and exposure to all of that. Mm. But they're still quite young, so I feel like I don't, they don't need it right now, you mm. know? They have enough going on in their lives with school, with gymnastics, working out, going to the park, you know, birthday parties. They don't need to have social media right now Mm. they watch netflix once on the weekend they have saturday morning cartoons and that's their you know and that's amazing Mm. that's a good approach that's definitely a great approach Mm. i mean it doesn't they don't need it really kids don't need it and if you look at like all of these guys in silicon valley all these like heads of these companies you know steve jobs didn't let his kids have ipads Mm. or iphones or any of that stuff until they were teenagers you know what i mean like i mean all of that group because why they know that there's negative consequences Mm -hmm. and the younger you are the more impactful it is Mm -hmm. so i just like okay in a few years yes but not now Mm -hmm. and in the meantime i'm like you know they do gymnastics so that's that is learn to control and move your body and to be healthy about it you're not concerned about like how much you weigh you're concerned about how much you can do Mm. And John is also like, he's very encouraging of the girls. And, and he's like, okay, come on, you can do it. You know, Sapphire is like, you know, if you don't do this, you have to do 10 push-ups. She's like, give me 20. Mm-hmm. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny at this age, even at this age, you can already see person like, well, obviously they have personalities, but you can see how the personality is going to translate into, into the adult. I mean, obviously it's not set in stone, but I can see what they're going to be like in 10 years. Because I remember when I was at this age, I had the same type of energy. Oh, you want to 10 push-ups? No, I'll do 50 push-ups. <laughs> and then like that translated. When I was 10 yeah. years old, it translated to my 20-year-old self mm-hmm. and then to my 30-year-old self. But you can't neglect the fact that even though maybe another sibling doesn't want to do 20 push-ups or doesn't want to do the same, that they're not going to work as hard, but in their own pace. So it's so important as a parent. And again, I'm not a parent yet. Inshallah, one day, but it's so important as a parent, you can't treat the, the children the same. You have to understand yeah. that they are two different individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and I really admire the way that Jamie and her husband uh, handle and deal with the, the different personalities when I see them in the gym anyway. Just a glimpse at your social media and seeing how, I mean, there are so many things that I've learned from you over the last two years, which honestly, <laughs> like now I've even gotten to the point where I'm trying to you know, get rid of this whole toxic masculinity, mm. you know, and, you know, I'm very open about telling, you know, saying to my son, I love you in, in public. Right, right, Whereas right. my dad, I can remember once he said, I love you to me mm. growing up. You know, that was just kind of, that was the mentality we sure. were raised with. Mm. And it's so reassuring to see that and see the activities you're doing because it gives me ideas. Mm. You know, I mean, like when you had your daughters in gymnastics, I was like, oh, that's a cool place. You know, let's check it out. Yeah, you know, I told, mm. hey, let's check it out. Yeah. You know, DJ's, you know, very active, (laughs) I would say. And it's hard keeping up with it. So how do you keep up with it with the activities? Because your daughter's also knit, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep up with all knit, knitting, music? I can't even keep track. (laughs) Well, one, I don't do, I only have one like after school activity that's gymnastics two days a week. There's two Thursdays and Saturdays and we go to the gym together as a family. So that's a family activity. Oh, that's amazing. You know, that way, like, I get to spend time with them, but I also get to do my thing, you know, and they see me doing it. The other stuff, I'm very much about, like, okay, engaging them with whatever I'm doing. So I have a knitting thing, and I do that with my, I have a knitting club called Quaint Knitters, and we we go and we meet once a month, and we do the knitting. And I taught the girls so they can come to the meetups if they want. If they don't want to, they don't have to. And then they can do it on their own time. If they sit and watch TV, they have to be 
knitting or crochet. So that's, oh, that's the rule. A, that's like, a great idea. Because, you know, if you're sitting, you can do, right? Mm, like you're not yep. not doing something, you can do. So they, if they want to watch TV, then they should be doing something else as well. And then I give them a lot of unstructured playtime. Mm. It's one of the best things for them in terms of de-stressor, you know, sort of working through whatever anxieties or problems or fears or concerns that they have is pretend play and unstructured free playtime. And that actually, they take up a lot of, they do all kinds of whatever they want. I'll give them the tools, guidance if they need it. And then I just kind of, you know, let them be. And then we do a lot of exploring because I like to explore. Oh, that's, that's, so, yeah. that's, that's, that's great. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing hearing this because not a lot of parents follow suit with that. You know, a, a lot of parents are still in the mentality of, oh, I don't want my kids to make a mess. You know, we're, yeah. we're, I'm, I'm the type of parent with DJ. I'm like, all right, you want to paint? Okay. We'll put down a big towel. Right. Take your freedom, kid, you know, explore, yeah, yeah, just keep yeah. it within this, within this domain, mm. you know? And I, I like, that's such a good style to have, mm. you know, what you're saying. It's, it's a good way to, to translate creativity and problem solving yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. So here's another question for you, John. Sure. What's your favorite type of client? The open-minded, the, the, the client that walks in the door and that says, <clears throat> listen, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to try. That's the, the I think that's every type of trainer's favorite type of client. Like, because on the opposite spectrum, you have the clients that come in and they're like, listen, <clears throat> I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. No, not that I can't, because I can understand can't. Because if you have an injury or if you have something that's actually blocking you in it and like an, an, an impotent, like that's something that's keeping you from bending down or something that's keeping you from squatting your knees hurt then i understand that but for the person that comes in and says i don't want this i don't want this i don't that's a bit frustrating as a trainer and liam i'm sure you could you can yeah i'm you know. for sure like i mean the, the, by far the worst ones are the ones that like to, or they usually say that they can't mm. because they won't because they won't yeah exactly so like it's kind of it's like translating a lot of the language that they'll be using a lot well, of the how time. do you know the difference though translating so, like, the language <laughs> like it's just uh, it's about asking questions right so it's like okay so if you can't do that why can't you do that like mm. it's, you, we, we don't have to do it like most of the time nine times out of ten it's jumping on a box mm. and I say like I can't do that like, okay so like can you jump on the box like do you think you might be able to and they're like well uh, no I just can't okay so why don't you think excellent, you can excellent question like, it's yeah, like okay so do you just feel like you like it's hard for your brain to fathom you getting up onto the box mm -hmm. or you feel like or your knee hurts when you're about to jump on the box or you have like an ankle problem or something mm -hmm. if it's anything physical where they can go okay this hurts then usually it's they can't mm -hmm. but if it's like no i just like i can't jump on the box so then usually it's they won't exactly and it's not kind of that they they like their brain is their, their brain obviously stops them from doing it and we can't just make them do it but it's just then, okay, we know we just need to build up and build up and build up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of helping them get a little bit more aggressive with their training, more aggressive with their own body, like maybe putting their body at a little bit of risk, like managed risk okay. um, from the trainer. And obviously that depends on the trainer then and the trainer's skills and the ability for the trainer to be able to scale the exercise back as appropriate. Instead of jumping on a 20-inch box, it might just be jumping up onto a plate mm -hmm. and then stepping up onto the box and then being confident, being a little bit higher because... Mm -hmm. Being 20 inches up, like sometimes people are like, oh my God. Like, I'm down, I'm down yeah. the building. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do I get down from here? Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, so like usually it's jumping on a box or it's like running five kilometers. And you mm -hmm. kind of go, okay, well, well, do you have time this weekend? Why don't we just walk five kilometers? Mm -hmm. And then you can see how far it is. You can see, okay, you can judge it from your house to 
X, Y place, and then they kind mm-hmm. of see, okay, actually, I probably could run that. Like, mm-hmm. I can drive it in like 30 seconds. So, like, I just do that. Yeah. So, like, it's making it achievable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, like, and again, I think that comes with the experience of being a trainer mm-hmm. is like how you translate the language that and, and the body language as well that a lot of people are giving you. And it's like breaking it down into sort of digestible parts, right? Exactly. Like, so, this yeah. big thing, like, when I, the first time I ran a 5K was on the treadmill, and I was just like, I'll never never get there you know it's so far you know and then eventually I learned that I needed to like say okay I'm just going to run this kilometer and I'm just going to think about this kilometer that I'm running now and I don't worry about speed and I don't worry about how long it's going to take me to reach the five kilometer mark but just this one and then eventually because once you're past that kilometer like it doesn't matter it's behind you right like then you just got to focus on the next one then that's gone it's everything especially with running everything is like once it's done it's done just yeah. like forget about it obviously then until the end and then you can pat yourself on the back and say well done and everything but like it's better if you can kind of just forget about stuff that you've done already right. and just only be looking forward so yeah but the the open-minded guys like i have one client who Muhammad akbar oh, oh amazing literally amazing i could guy. literally say to do anything and he'd be like okay if he doesn't know if he can do it or not, he's like okay let's go and, once, yeah. yeah like he's fantastic in that way and he's come so far because of that attitude um and actually he's uh, to give him a big shout out I think he's coming on the show soon as yeah. well but, amazing uh, photographer too yeah he, he brings his kids with him just to come and watch like right. if he knows that we're doing like heavy squats or like heavy sled pushes and things like that like they'll come like they'll be playing on Fortnite or whatever but you can kind of see like they're watching out the corner of the eye and then they can see him doing it a little bit more and then they kind of like make a day out of it they go for food afterwards mm. and things like that and it kind of just again it helps him um, I know that it helps him be a role model for them yeah. and yeah like he's he's a bigger guy i think he's about 120 kilos but mm-hmm. like he's like showing them that he he enjoys what he's doing mm-hmm. and so yeah it's, it's, it's a fantastic thing i think that's one of the most important things is that you don't realize like i didn't realize when i had my first daughter you know because the way i was raised was very conservative you know very 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 conservative so it didn't occur to me that you know, there's what you do and then what you say are two different mm-hmm. things. And my my father was very much like, do what I say and don't question it. And, you know, very conservative, you know. And so when I started doing things for my daughter and then telling, I would live my life the way I wanted to and then tell her to do something and she'd be like, what? You know, yeah. because she's <laughs> like, that's not what you're doing. So how come, you know, mm-hmm. I can't have Doritos if you're having Doritos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of hit me that like, yeah, you know, she's watching me. And learning how to live based on what I'm doing. Like, no matter what I say, it's what I do that's actually shaping her understanding of the world. At least in the very beginning, right before they start school and they have all these peers influencing them. So my behavior was actually shaping her mindset about what was and wasn't possible, what was and wasn't acceptable. It's really interesting as well. That relationship exactly applies, I think with trainers and their clients. Mm, agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. so if they see their trainer going out and like, just going like not training and going to mm. have food all the time and having these burgers, everything like that. Like I have to, use, whenever I take a picture of a burger or something like that, I have to make sure like my clients know that it's on the day that I said that I'm going to have a burger. Right. Yeah. It's not like outside of that time. Right. It's not like mm-hmm. maybe I have it one or twice a week. Like I know that I need some extra food, mm-hmm. but I try to make sure that I'm not like showing too many people that that's happening because I know not because it's bad, but because the perception of it mm. right. is that like, oh yeah, I just worked out, so I'll go have a book. Right. It's kind of right. like, so... You're doing it so I could do it. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> when you see the IIFYM 
Was oh, yeah, if it fits, if it fits your, fits your macros, macros, and then you'll see people like you know just gorging. Yeah, donuts, so much nachos. Stuff. It's like that's oh, because I didn't eat for forty eight hours, so I can <laughs> yeah, I can eat my donuts, my nachos, and whatever else. Mm. And everything it's just like setting up an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, as, yeah. A, tra- so, as a trainer or whatever, in my opinion. So. But yeah, it's, it's super important though for trainers to be seen to be doing the things that they're trying to get those uh, those clients to do. And I think sometimes like people forget about that. They kind of go, "Hey, well, like I'm working out all the time." Like, maybe you don't see me working out the time. I was right. like, okay, well, you need to show people that you're working yeah. out just yeah, as much as you're eating mm-hmm. the really nice food and everything that everyone's allowed to eat, but just be aware of how it's seen. Yeah, it's true. That's but 100% true. I think nutrition is one of the main things that we, as like in a, as a society in general, like, and I mean like globally, struggle with the yeah. most. Like, I don't think anybody's really figured out how to live in this age and do what we need to do and still eat in a real healthy, wholesome way. You know, like there's so many, Mm. like I just don't do diets. I just hate them. All these, all of them, the keto and the cabbage and the whatever, the whole, and the, you know, it's impossible for me to live that way. I just can't remember all that stuff. Mm. I've got so much other stuff to worry about, you know, but at the same time I need to, I know I need to eat healthy for me and to show my kids like, Look, let's eat wholesome, healthy food. Let's eat fresh food. Let's not eat packaged. Let's not eat processed. Mm. But chocolate chip cookies, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it tastes amazing. But you can't. But it's like, I mean, if Meg was on here right now, she always she always says source your food. Make sure it's yeah. from a good food source. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure it's from the right place. Like she said, if your chicken is in the pan and it's got white stuff coming out of it, you're better off not eating it. Remember mm. that episode, Liam? <laughs> so, um, she's not a fan of chicken, though. Yeah, she's not a fan of chicken <laughs> at all. Of chicken. But, and again, you know, we've always said that you can't cut everything out. It's just, it's not mm-hmm. feasible. It's, it's not a long-term solution. Exactly. You have to have a long-term plan, one that you can actually live by. Mm. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's pretty much what I've done over the last three years is I'm not insane about my food, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll meal prep. That's just because I don't have time to right, wait. Right, mm. right. And I want to limit takeout food because you don't know where it's really right. coming from. Yeah. Or I mean, what's in it. You have what's no in clue it. Exactly. what they're yeah. cooking yeah. it with yeah. or anything. I worked in fast food. So. <laughs> mm, as did I. Huh? Yeah, you want to stay away from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I'm not going to name any names, but you want to stay away from certain Mexican restaurants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... But you talked about you had a hip issue. What are some of the other struggles that you've had along in your journey? Consistency is the biggest one, like staying consistent and like going like, cause when I was doing like, I did the C25K, you know, where I was doing like the the running three times a week kind of thing. And that sticking with that, you know, like your schedule changes in the morning and then you don't want to run at night or you've got something else going on or you've got to go to work or something. So that's created the biggest challenge for me. The thing with John is that like, okay, it's booked two times a week. He always confirms the night before. I'm going, you know, I'm paying for it. Yeah, I'm going. For it, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, and also like, I don't want to slack. Like, I know this is my chance. I booked it in. It's there on the calendar. And if I miss it, I don't have another, maybe I won't have another opening for three or four days. I would like to get to a place where I could fit four or five, you know, activities, physical activities per week. Right now, I'm probably at three to four. You're getting there. You know, You're getting there. like I did. Uh, um, we went to the farm on Friday, so we literally walked. Me and my husband did one round, and then me and another lady went did one round, and we we basically walked the entire farm. So I ended up like fourteen thousand steps, which I was very proud. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah. oh, that's amazing! Yeah. That's awesome. That is definitely yeah. awesome. So, what are some of the benefits you've seen from 
you know, you know, just being more active and, you know, what, what are some of the benefits that you could, you know, some of the benefits that you could kind of sell being more active and trying to lead a healthier lifestyle to the moms that are out there that think it's just, oh, there's no hope or, you know, because there are a lot of people that are like that. At one point I was, you know, kicked down and I was like, oh, there's no point in, there's no point in me getting out there. Yeah. But then, you know, I built up my activity levels and I was like, wow, you know, I have more energy. I'm waking up earlier. I'm going to bed easier. You know, I sleep through the night mm. now. So mm. have you seen any benefits that you could talk about or? The first thing is absolutely you get more energy. Not at first. It takes like maybe a three month sort of like shift before you then you start to feel like, wow, I really do have a lot more energy. I'm more active and I feel the need to be more active. I'm ready to get out and go. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that mentally, for me, the walking is like a is a huge sort of like mental de-stressor. So if there's anything that's really bothering me or I'm stressed out about, I can just go walk on the seaside and I come back and I feel I can deal with it, whatever it is. For when I go to John, like sometimes he'll he'll say, okay, give me this many reps or just just do this for one minute. And in that one minute, I completely almost zone out. You know, sometimes, not all the time, obviously, but <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I'm just in it and I'm doing it. Mm. And then when I walk away from that, that one hour, I'm, I feel like, wow, I just feel like the um, adrenaline. The adrenaline, yeah, it's there and you're pumped for the rest of the day. So those are all benefits. Also, it's it's healthier. I feel healthier. I feel like my kids are healthier. I feel like they're more, they're more relaxed. They're more chilled out. They don't feel so stressed out. They don't feel so overwhelmed by things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the younger generation. Life is overwhelming. <laughs> so overwhelming. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot going on. I mean, speaking of that, this is a question for both of you. Mm. What are some of the negative misconceptions that we see on social media in terms of when it comes to activity, working out, training. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, John, you can weigh in big time on this because we see some of the, the different training modalities that are out there, some of the ones that aren't as beneficial, some that are very beneficial. So mm. what are some of the biggest misconceptions you guys have seen? One thing that I, I think it's my pet peeve about seeing these fitness, because now you open up your app, your Instagram, and, you know, you just got pages on your explore pages, pages of fitness, 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 which is awesome. I like to see it. But then when I have clients tagging me in pictures of someone doing a plank on 20, 20 kg plates, balancing on kettlebells. I saw that. I saw that guy. He was, he was doing a plank and there were like 520 kg plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I think I saw the same thing. And they tag me like, yeah, John, we're going to do this in the gym. I'm like, no, you're not because you're not going to break your neck on my watch. I'm yeah. like, this is a, this guy, I'm sure he's very fit, but this is also, he's showing off. Yep. And he's trying to get views. This is a ploy to to show people, hey, come come to my page because I'm fit, but I can also do tricks. Like, this is a trick. This is not something that's going to add to your fitness. But when I see people doing just all types of ridiculous things in the gym, again, I'm sure these people are very fit. And I'm sure they their workouts are probably very, very effective. But when when you see these fantastic gymnastic this is not for everybody. Don't do it. Don't do it on my watch. If you want to do it on your own and hurt yourself, like I, I hope you don't hurt yourself. But you're not. I'm not going to help you do this. Yeah. Not 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 in front of me because this is, this is a ploy to get views. So that's my biggest pet peeve with social media when I just see people tagging me and just the most ridiculous things. Like, yeah, we're going to try it in the gym. I'm like, well, I'm going to try it at your home gym because you're not going to try it with you're not going to try it with me because I'm not going to help anybody off the floor when they fall. But see, that's man, my you, you get that. And I literally get people tagging me in stupid weightlifting stuff. 
where they're like, you should do this. <laughs> you should do this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Why do I do this? We should do this together. Why? Because it's not in your program. <laughs> oh, but he can. Yeah, no, it's like, guys, I, mean, dude, like, I tag you like, something and be like, you should Outside of their feet, like, dude, like, that squats and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, I've wow. seen that. I did wow. see that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Like, I've not got the mobility. Like, yeah. just, I don't yeah. want to hurt myself. You know? Yeah. You know, it's not, like, it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's literally just for that one guy who for can do it. Yeah. One guy who can do it. His, his hips just bend yeah. in ridiculous ways. He's a pretzel. Yeah. Anything that you've seen, Jamie? The thing I find about social media is that it has like this really incredible positive, you know, way to connect people. And I really love that. I feel like since Instagram, I started doing the Instagram with the mom's guide. I've met so many cool people and connected with so many cool people. But there's sort of this, and I think it's magnified a bit in Kuwait, but it's all over the world. And that is this like, you know, expectation of perfection. Mm. You know, like you've got to be on point for everything mm. if you're going to post it. Mm. You've got to be beautiful hair done and makeup and mm. nails. And, you know, if you're a guy, you've got to be buff. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? And I just can't live up to that expectation. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's just not yeah. happening for, for me. Like, yeah. if you don't want to follow me because I'm not perfect, guess what? Go on and, yeah. you know, unfollow. Like, yeah. seriously, I've had people like message me like, how come your daughters wear the same clothes over and over again? And Wait, like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding you. Like literally messaged me asking me and I'm like, well, because clothes can be more more than once, right? I, like, I'm sorry if I'm mistaken about that. We wash them, we wear them again. You know, like both of my daughters have like their favorite like comfort clothes. And when yeah. they come home, they put that on and say, yeah. I wear the same unicorn t-shirt for like 20 days in a row, you know? But just like, there is that a lot of people feel pressure to do that. And mm. they feel like their real lives doesn't live up to their social media mm. aspirations. And mm. it makes them depressed. It makes them unhappy, mm. you know. And it makes you feel like I can't go out if I don't look beautiful or I'm not. Maybe because I have that shield of I'm a mom. So therefore, I don't have to look hot. You know, I'm not trying to pick up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I feel like, yeah, I'm just myself and I can't be anything else because I don't have the time or the energy for it. Mm. But a lot of people in here, especially I know women that are just like so pressured to they have to show only the best, mm. only the perfect yeah. part, you know. I think that's 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 a big thing that translates into the gym, too. I mean, I've posted my failures. Oh, yeah. You know, I've definitely mm -hmm. posted my failures. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm open about it. I don't care. I put my social media up there for the people that are interested in my life, mm. yeah. that care to see what I'm doing. I have a lot of friends in the States. And mm. here it's like, you know, I get my, you know, I get my cousin and I'm calling her out right now. She's going to get mad if she hears <laughs> this. She won't, she doesn't listen to the show. She's like, you're so inconsistent with your posts. Like you're posting about your house or you're posting about this. I'm like, but I don't care. Kids. <laughs> you know, like, my this is, this is, yeah, this is what's going on in my life right now. Right. Yeah. She's like, well, why are you, co you know, po posting about the, po the podcast? I was like, well, because I have friends in the States that don't follow, mm. you know, the project's actual Instagram. They just follow me. Right, mm. right. So it's like, this is why I'm doing it. You know, if you don't like it, don't follow me. Mm. It's as simple as that, you know. And That's it. It's it is so magnified in society right now, and you know, from what you were saying earlier with the workout stuff, it's it's getting crazy and crazier. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no, there's nothing called the bench press anymore. Oh it's, man, it's like a circus press. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta push my back as high as to the ceiling as I can while I got two guys on each side holding it down, giving me resistance with bands and resistance. I'm like, yo, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> 
I can understand if you're NFL and you're training for the combine, okay, that's completely different. You know, you're, you're banging out different types of presses with different types of hand gauge movements and all right, you got to isolate this and that. But like for the regular person that's in the gym, they like tying, they like bars on top of bars on top of this. And I'm like, Yo, what are you doing? Just do your stuff. And they're doing it for the camera. They don't really train like that. Yeah. They, put, they turn the camera on. Yo, let's get as ridiculous as we can. Let's get these views. <laughs> that's what it's turning into. Yeah. That's what yeah. it's turning into. And I know that you need to shoot off in a second, but just real quick. So your top tip for getting people to move right? mm. for guys who, who are starting from zero. Yeah, starting from zero. Okay, I think the most important thing is if you have any inclination in your mind, like let's say you've never done gym before or you're just kind of intimidated and you have just some type of inclination, like I feel like I want it. Like, I see somebody in my family that's doing it. But the first thing to do is call the person closest to you that's into fitness or that's, that does move. Call that person because you trust that person. You know that person. And that person, let that per- ask them about their experience. Ask them where they're going, wh- how they got started. Because I see so many people that watch these television shows and they, you know, they, they get this inspiration for that 60 minutes it's on. These Biggest Loser or these competitions, uh, Ninja Warrior, whatever. And then once the show's off, they're like, oh, okay, it's over. If you speak to someone that is ge- genuinely loves you or genuinely knows you, and once they hear that you have some type of curiosity about fitness, they'll do that whatever's in their power. So if they know you and love you, they'll get you out of the house. They'll say, why don't we go for a walk today? Why don't, we, why don't, we, why don't I get you a week pass in my gym? Why don't you come do this with me? So that's, I think that's step one. Because I think so many people, in my experience, I've been doing this for a long, since I was 19, I'm 31. I'm doing this for a long time, 12 years. So I think in my experience, nothing gets a person into fitness more than a friend, a family member, a spouse, a son, a mother, you know, something like this. Nothing's going to get you into fitness more than that, unless you already have it in you, but most people don't. So I think that's the most important thing, getting a loved one in, on the phone or getting a loved one on a one-to-one conversation, like, help me. Like, understand that you need help. That's the, that's, the, that's the most important thing, in my opinion. Yeah, just throwing it out there and just trying, just trying to get someone that you trust to come with you and start to take you on that journey, right? That's it. That's it. That's step one. Man, I know you need to go. So go on. Get out of here. Gotta go right. Thank donuts. you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> all, right, all right, Jamie. I'll see you soon. See ya. Thank you very much, John P. Thank you, everybody. So, right. ja- Jamie, real quick. Um, my question to you is, you know, Liam threw it out at how to get someone involved into fitness for the first time. What about kids? So we can wrap this up. Uh-huh. What's, your, what's your number one tip for parents? Because right now we see it with children a lot more, that the inactivity mm-hmm. because of TV, social media, everything. So what's your one tip to parents to get their kids more active in Kuwait? I would say make it fun. Like for me, actually, I think that works for adults too. Like you have to make it fun. You have to do something you enjoy that you have to do it not as we're going to work out, but we're going to go have some fun. Like have, if your kids ever go to sports day, have you, have you, have you had that experience yet? yet? Just wait, you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So every school in Kuwait has a sports day where like they, they basically don't go to class for the whole day. They go out to, you know, some sports field somewhere and they spend the whole day outside doing sports or whatever. And it's just like almost a carnival atmosphere. One, because obviously they're not going to class, yeah, right? That's the best thing. <laughs> it's like an escape from class. But then, yeah. too, because they get to be outside with their yeah. friends and they get to do all these activities and they get to have fun and run and play and laugh. Yeah. And, you know, so for I think the best thing you can do, and as somebody for even me, when I want to work out, my thing was I want to make it something fun that I enjoy. You know, I didn't choose to do things that I don't like. You know, I don't like rowing, for instance. So I didn't start rowing. Because that maybe has some health benefits. I chose something that I enjoyed. 
And I think for kids, you have to do that. Like I wasn't actually keen to put them for gymnastics at all because I thought, mm, you know, it's a long way because it's in Schwech. And it's, uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of reasons why why I wasn't so keen. And then we're like, okay, let's just go and try it. And my daughter, Sable, was like, well, can I bring a book with me, mom? Because I really don't want to. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I, I'm not really keen. I don't want to do it. And I said, okay, just bring a book with you. And it's up to you. You can, we'll go. We'll try the class. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, sit and read. No problem, Adi. And we went there and that book stayed in her bag the whole time. And she, they loved it. They came out and they just, they just loved it. It clicked with them. And before that, we had tried, you know, swimming and tennis and karate and yoga. So they had done other things, but nothing had that same like automatic sort of like passionate response where this was just like joyful. You know, they both came out and maybe it was the adrenaline because they really, they did the intensives. <laughs> it was like, it was kicker from the beginning, but they were joyful about it. Right. So I was like, yeah, we're sticking with this. We're going to go for this for a while and see how that works. Yeah. I think that's the key to it. I mean, like it's, it's been such a pleasure having you on Thank the show you. and Thanks I, for having me. <laughs> I definitely want you back on here. <laughs> I mean, if not for anything, so we could talk about parenting stuff, <laughs> sure, you know, cause I mean, we're, you know, the project, our, our motto is learn, lift, live, right. you know, yeah. be your own project. So it's really important that we have pillars in society that, you know, give us the opportunity and give us the information that we need. So thank you so much for coming sure. on today. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at the Project Kuwait. Thank you and join us next time.